Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. It's a beautiful day here, despite the uh, the rain we've had in the last week. It's uh, pretty nice. Spring is definitely here to stay. Yeah, I think that's definitely true down here in Charlotte, too. Um, how much did the rain that came through, I guess, late last week or last weekend kind of wreck things in your neck of the woods? Um, I had to, uh, I had to push a trout trip, but, um, you know, thankfully our trout streams recover pretty quickly. Um, I was able to push it to, uh, just a couple days, you know, later. So we're still going to get it done. Um, and you know, the bigger rivers, uh, definitely saw some, saw some mud and high flows, but we've been able to hop around a little bit and be on the water just about every day this past week. So, um, things are looking pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it's no, nothing new to have to jump around and pull audibles this time of year in Virginia. So it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah. It seems to be a more common occurrence. We seem to be getting these like big bursts of water in the spring more and more often. Yeah. It's not, not super ideal. I mean, that's, we can talk about it forever, but that's, uh, uh, a big part of the reason why our smallmouth numbers have been suffering the last, you know, four or five years or so, um, is, is big, uh, big flooding events right around spawn time. Hopefully this last one, um, wasn't, you know, the river was pretty high before we got it and it, uh, we should do not quite to, you know, active egg laying yet on the river. So, you know, hopefully it, it, uh, you know, we go into the, the nesting period with elevated flows and, um, we don't get anything catastrophic in the next month or so. And, you know, we'll be in pretty good shape. Fingers crossed it hasn't played out the last couple of years, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there you go. And so obviously if, you know, rivers like the new are kind of a little high, I assume you're chasing smallmouth what up tributaries? Yeah, tributaries going way up, you know, on the on the main stem um, of the bigger systems. It's you know you can get uh, get to some clearer lower water and then sort of fall down the watershed as things come down. Um, that's been the main program the last couple of days, and uh, it's been pretty good. Water temps have been in uh, sort of the mid to high fifties, um, touching sixty. And, uh, we're still, like I said, not quite the active, um, you know, nest sweeping and egg laying, but we're getting pretty dang close on some of the smaller waters. So it's, uh, things are progressing quickly. Um, and it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, absolutely. And I assume, you know, we say this so many times that, you know, the higher elevation trout streams are the first to clear, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in great shape now. Even our bigger, you know, second order streams are, fishable right now uh certainly but they are a little heavy um weighting wise like i got a trip tomorrow and we'll you know probably have to be a little pickier about the water that we fish just being able to get to wade to certain spots and and that sort of thing but uh yeah certainly clear and certainly fishable right now yeah sounds like it's a streamer and nymph game then yeah yeah and they uh you know, we've definitely got some dry fly possibilities kicking around right now, but that'll, you know, become more and more viable as the rivers drop. We've got, uh, 
we've got some tan caddis active um, most days. Still some quill gordons kicking around, and we should have some some March grounds um, showing up uh, now, really, and in the next couple of days. So uh, those will be the main uh, dry fly options. But uh, you know, certainly don't overlook um, the uh, cast pupa and cast mergers, and then the um, uh, March brown nymphs really seem to do better than the dry flies on the on the mountain stream. Yeah, got it. And, you know, we have a question from Colby, and he wanted to know your line and leader setup for uh, chasing smallmouth with streamers. Yeah, so um, really kind of just depends on depends on the river you're fishing and, you know, the characteristics of it and then the, the type of fly you're fishing. You know, not all streamers are created equal. Some have weight in them. Um but are still neutrally buoyant. Like a CK bait fish is a great, great, uh, example of that. You know, you put maybe seven, eight, nine lead wraps on the hook and a lot of body fern. Um, once the body fur gets saturated, it'll sink down in the water column. Um, but it still sinks really slowly. So you can fish that kind of fly on a floating line. And what I usually run is a, scientific anglers uh titan long taper um which is which has a long um you know bigger aggressive head on it and uh and it's a floating line and then i'm usually running a fluorocarbon nine foot leader that uh this time of year either 12 pound or even up to 16 pound if you've got higher flows um sometimes you can sell it soon and clear clearer water with with the 16 pound too um but this time of year you know for for leader selection across the board you want to be thinking about um you know this is the time of year where you are if you're going to tie into a five or six pound fish it's it's probably going to be this time of year so um i go heavier i err on the heavy side like i do always but specifically this time of year um and then again, usually we've got higher flows and a little bit of color in the water this time of year. So you can afford to go a little bit heavier anyway. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, you know, you also have flies like, like certain game changers, uh, murdage minnows, um, you know, flies like the swing and D, you know, that, that have uh, buoyant materials in them and don't sink very well on their own. Um, and those I will run either an intermediate or a sink tip on, um, just depending on how deep I need to be, you know, for fishing the new river, um, itself where, you know, and we've got higher flows and we need to get down pretty quick, um, in the water column and that sink tip comes in handy. Um, and then, uh, but on some of the smaller rivers, you know, where we're only fishing three or four feet of water, maybe, you know, that sink tip is still viable. Um, you just might go a little bit lighter on the sink tip or, or, uh, you know, just fish it a little bit faster. And then intermediate lines too. Um, like I use intermediates with merged minnows quite a bit. Um, and then a buddy of mine, uh, Brian Shoemaker's pattern, the, the, uh, shimmering minnow takes an intermediate line for the same reason. And with those lines, I generally am running like the sink tip, just a straight, you know, four or five foot uh 
section of 16 pounds fluorocarbon um, for the abrasion resistance and the, the not the sink rate, but the lack of buoyancy. Um, and then on the intermediates, um, it's about the same just because you also have that clear tip on, on most intermediates too. So, uh, so you, you don't have to be, you know, long leader or anything like that. So that's what I do. Um, and you just kind of mix it up based on, uh, you know, the water conditions. And, you know, if you notice you're fishing the fly and you're not getting down, then, uh, you know, you might either need to think about a different line setup or, you know, you can always carry split shot or something like that in a pinch, um, you know, alter your fly depth presentation that way. Yeah. And just backing up to your first example on your nine foot leader, are you doing, you know, straight nine or 16 or are you tapering those leaders? Those are, those are tapered leaders with, with, with the floating lines. Um, just because, you know, longer leader, um, having the, the taper helps in, in turning those flies over a little better. Um, but to your point, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, generally the, uh, the smaller the diameter of your tippet or your leader, the faster a fly drops down in the water column because there's less, you know, mass that has to make its way down. Um, so if, if you can get a decent cast and you notice that, you know, maybe you would like another foot or two on your on your uh, your presentation with, with such a fly, then, you know, you can consider um, making your butt section of that tapered leader a little a little, you know, wider, a little thinner, or, you know, experiment, maybe try just a straight level piece. Cause you know, a lot of these flies you can, you can cast with a level nine foot leader. It's just not as, not as pretty and not as effortless. So, you know, definitely, definitely mess around with it and just try to try to get the presentation where you want it. Yeah. And do you like to roll your own on the leaders or you just buy prepackaged tapered leaders? I generally buy prepackaged, um, and then I'll, you know, I'll, uh, recycle as the season progresses. You know, if I get kind of dangerously low on a leader, I'll just retire it. And when I get home or that weekend or something, I'll, I'll kind of reconstruct them with some tippet material to get them back to, to the full length and construction. But I, I'm usually buying mine just cause it's, it's easier for me and, just one less detail I have to worry about. Yeah, got it. And you know, folks, we love questions on the articulate fly. You can email them to us or shoot them to us on our Instagram or Facebook page. If we read your question, I'll send you some articulate fly swag and we'll enter you into a drawing for something cool from Matt at the end of the season. And as we always do, Matt, I have to ask you what you're writing for the rural Virginian. Yeah. So, uh, this week I'm, I'm finally putting, putting the article about our, uh, Spring uh, brood X cicada hatch out, uh, which should be should I mean man, it's already mid April. It's going to be probably just another month or so before things start to ground starts to heat up adequately and and those bugs start showing up. So it's uh, it, it's it's coming, but uh, all the sort of you know life history information and and local information and you know, relevant fishing information will be in that piece. And uh, hopefully that'll be out next week and we'll be able to put it up on the website. Well, there you go. And before I let you hop, why don't you let folks know where they can find you? I know, you know, you're 
pretty booked up. We're really kind of talking about probably fall for you on your schedule, but why don't you let folks kind of know your availability and where to find you on the internet and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely still got some dates, uh, really probably looking at August, um, August and September. I've got, you know, probably 10 or 12 open dates between now and the first week of August. So, um, there's definitely things available. Um, and, and I've got some other guys helping me out now too. So, if uh, if you're looking to get on the water, just just get in touch with me, and we'll try to try to do our best. But my website is mattreillyflyfishing.com, and all of my information is on there. So feel free to give me a shout, or text, or email whenever you uh, whatever you want, and I'll get back to you. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, you know, folks, we are you know firmly in spring, and you owe it to yourself to get out and go catch a few tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt. All right. Thanks, Marvin.